Hey, what's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits. But before we actually get to the show, I wanted to remind you guys that Talking in Bits is completely 100% audience funded. What that basically means is, is that you will never have to sit through no ads while you're listening to Talking in Bits. And the only way we can continue to do that and have been able to do that is with contributions and donations with great listeners such as yourself. So in order to keep that spirit alive, there's a few ways that you can actually donate to the show. My favorite way is podcasting 2.0 apps. There's a bunch of them out there, but my two favorite are Fountain App and Breeze. And with these apps, it's basically like any other podcasting app. You can subscribe to Talking in Bits. Um, you can load up some sats into the wallet and you can set how many sats per minute you think Talking in Bits is worth or how much value you're receiving from Talking in Bits. You can do this from both of those apps. Another really cool feature in, the, in these apps, these podcast 2.0 apps, is the boost feature. And what the boost feature is, is basically you get to pick a certain amount of sets that you want to send in and you can embed a message inside of that transaction into the show. And what I'm going to do is week to week, the best ones that come in, I'm going to read them and give shout outs here live on the show. So that's another way that you can help keep this ad free um, and keep this content rolling. Uh, if you're not using the podcast 2.0 apps, then you can head on over to talkingandbits.com backslash donate. And there you'll find various links to be able to send in Lightning, to be able to send on-chain, and even to Paynim. So go check out the, the website. That's another way to contribute. And if you're listening to us on the legacy outlets like YouTube, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, then you could do the good old-fashioned leave a review, share, subscribe. All that stuff helps and helps us float up higher so more people can get this value and more people can get everything that we want to provide to our listeners. So once again, we appreciate you. The only reason we've been able to keep this up is because of y'all, and we want to keep that going for as long as we can. All right, without further ado, on to this week's episode. I also made the case for winning Bitcoin, the quintessence of scarcity premium. Scarcity premium. It's literally the only large tradable asset in the world that has a known fixed maximum supply by its design. The total quantity of Bitcoins cannot exceed 21 million. Bitcoin is the hardest money that has ever been invented. If you don't have my private key, you cannot spend my Bitcoin, period. And this is the power of Bitcoin. It's the first time we figured out how to create true property that you can take possession of with full custodial rights. What's going on, everyone? And welcome to another episode of Talking in Bits, where we walk you through Bitcoin bit by bit so we can provide you with the information you need to succeed and persist. Back with episode 70, and I got pretty much the, the king of a city from what I hear from over here. <laughs> I got Michael Atwood. What's going on, Michael? Not much, man. How are you, Jose? I'm doing well, man. I say that because every time I hear Michael, Michael's name pop up, it's like, hey, this is the king of Austin out here. He's making it happen. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it. I would not consider myself the king by any means. But yeah, I mean, hey, I guess, yeah, maybe there's a little noise noise going on right now. Proof of work pays off, man. You know, people people listen. People pay attention if, if you're putting in some work. So yeah, I, I, I will play. Yeah, I would replace the word noise with signal, man. All I hear from you is signal. You just, you moving <laughs> out here, you getting these businesses on board, which I'm sure we're going to talk about pretty soon here. Um, but before we dive deeper, just for the listeners who may not be aware of the king, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm messing with you, brother. But uh, yeah, just uh, let the listeners know a little bit about you and uh, what you're working on right now, if you don't mind. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the uh, co-founder of Oshi App. 
So, you know, for the past few years, I've really been focusing on getting small businesses accepting Bitcoin. And uh, it's been rough, man. It's been, it's been a, I've learned a ton. Um, so yeah, I was actually a, uh, a travel nurse before this. Uh, I was up in Northern California. You got to get real close to that money printer, man. You got to get close <laughs> to that. You know, healthcare is like 20% of the US GDP. So they're That's really about as close. close as it gets. That's about as close as it gets, man. So <laughs> yeah, I was, I was an ICU travel nurse. Um, and just went deep down the Bitcoin rabbit hole, really like on my first travel assignment, right? 2017. Oh, I went down the shitcoin rabbit hole first. And then <laughs> uh, I came out 2018 um, to dive into the Bitcoin rabbit hole, started focusing on lightning and immediately was like, hey, I get it. I get this. This makes sense. I understand the why. It's time to talk about the how. And mm. um, so that's what I've been doing, man. I've been like, talking to hundreds and hundreds of businesses all over the country, whether it's in person or, you know, setting up calls with them, um, trying to find a way to, to really jumpstart Bitcoin circular economies. Um, yep. You know, I was kind of, kind of working on this as early as, I guess, like 2018. Um, and then in June of what, 2021, whenever it was announced at uh, Bitcoin 22, like, oh, you know, El Salvador. And of course, I'd already heard a bit about the Bitcoin beach story. I was talking with some of the guys there, but when, once that announced, I was like, all right, go to El Salvador. Let's get in the thick of it. Let's try to sort this out even more. Right. And yeah, and I've just been trying to, to learn and put it into a product for, for quite some time now. <laughs> yeah. So let's back up a second there. I would be hard pressed to uh, because I think it's fascinating. Everybody's different. So you went into the shitcoin rabbit hole. What was it that made you jump to the Bitcoin rabbit hole? Was it like a life event? Was it just like more like global politics shit that was going on in the world? What what made you like figure it out? Like, oh, shit. Yeah. So this sounds like so bullshit, but it's, it's so true. <laughs> like, so I was uh, I was backpacking in Patagonia. <laughs> and and during this time, during this time, we get this up. Uh, during this time, I like bought all this Litecoin, you know, and I'm literally like, I'm on a bus to like a different area um, of Patagonia, like kind of the second stretch of, of uh, the, the hike, right? And, and like, I have Litecoin, it's like just freaking go, it went up like 100% or 200%, like from the time I got on the bus, to the time I got off, right? It was like maximum <laughs> shitcoin mania, right? Like the blow off top. But anyway, during this time, I was actually listening to Atlas Shrugged on audiobook. Like, I like being in nature, like one foot in front of the other, like a challenging hike, and then just like listening to like a book. You know, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, I love that stuff. Magical. So Atlas Shrugged, right. I mean, that is a powerful book. It's like an introduction to like self-sovereignty and like kind of like fuck the state <laughs> and central planning. Yeah. Uh, it's philosophy, right? So that was kind of my first foray into that. And then I come back home and I think within like a month or two, I went on another backpacking trip in California and I listened to the Bitcoin standard, same thing, right? One foot for the other climbing. And then I'm just listening to Bitcoin standard. Safety is like just blowing my mind. Right. And I'm like, Whoa, okay. I get this. And right away, I just never looked at any other 
shit crying the same way again. Yeah. Uh, so that was a big one-two punch for me. That changed everything. And, uh, you know, I wish everybody would kind of go on that path here. <laughs> Get through out of the shrug, then get on the Bitcoin or you know, read the Bitcoin standard and then like it's over, man. There's no turning yeah, I back. Think, I think I'm super late, uh, uh, and this is must be coincidence of the world or whatever. So uh last week I canceled my Audible subscription and with the very last credit I had, I got Atlas Shrugged. There right? you because go. I'm super late. I must be extremely late to the party. Everybody keeps telling me, Atlas Shrugged, Atlas Shrugged, and I'm like, I look at the audible and I'm like, this shit is 63 hours long. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, oh shit. Uh, but since everybody's been telling me it's this great book, you know, I, I, I want to pick it up. So I'm very, I'm like chapter two right now, very early on. But it, it gets me kind of bullish and hyped that that you just said is you know what is a philosophy book in a sense. And but what is it about yeah. Alice Shrug that everybody loves so much, or does guess, everybody take something different? Well, I guess like Anne Rand embedded this more like self-sovereign i forget what that philosophy is called is it something like ego egoism or anyway i'm drawing a blank but she kind of like imbues this fictional story with some hardcore philosophy (laughs) like (laughs) anti-state anti-communist philosophy um yeah and you know it's not like this story is particularly riveting yeah, but it's it cha- it'll change y- your life in a way. Like it'll change the way you perceive things. And myself during that time in 2017, like I hadn't dove into this area of of philosophy. Yeah, and and so this was an introduction. It was almost like a Trojan horse introduction into that. Um, it definitely changes you. All you need to do now is uh, go on a hike. Hike for like a few days, you know, 12 hours a day, listen to it the whole time. You're done. <laughs> Dad, dude, that's not a hike. That's more of like a stay, 12 hour days. <laughs> I got kids, man. They, they'll kill me if I try to do something like that. <laughs> right. Oh, take them with you. Yeah. Hey, share the audible with them. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to have to. Uh, we do do uh, short walks, but I'm over here in Massachusetts and it's, uh, yeah. I'm not going to say there's nowhere to actually have hikes, but it's just not as open. Uh, I live in the suburbs of a city, so it's not as right. open as, uh, let's say, Austin is or, or, or stuff like that. So, right, right. And, and even that, Austin is a city in itself, just not like the city we got up here in the Northeast, which is like more like a, a metropolis, right? Like right. it's a concrete jungle more than it is anything else. Totally, um, totally. I'm well, going to have to do that. Maybe once you get some time, one of these days, you know, get off work and be like, hey, family. We're going on the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to be gone for three days. We'll be back. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I'm going to try to, man. But uh, <laughs> no, that's, uh, once again, coincidence, Atlas Shrugged. So now, because I was a little bit puzzled in the beginning. Um, this is like the 35th anniversary version or whatever. So the intro was more like, you know, about the author and stuff. So I was, I ain't going to lie, I was a little bit turned off. Mm-hmm. Like in the beginning, I'm like, but I, I you know, I'm going to stick with it because Everybody keeps telling me this is the way, this is the book right here. So it's one of those, man, like this book took me years. It, like I had started it in 2015, like, just to get yeah. an idea. And by start, like I was reading it and then, you know, I was going through nursing school. I had a, you know, I was going to nursing school and I didn't have a whole lot of time, but I got started, but it was like, it took a while, man. Like, uh, yeah. And then I really jumped back into it in, in 2017. Yeah. Gotcha. So let's before we pivot into Bitcoin, into Oshi, into the economy, because I do really want to focus on that stuff. 
Um, so you got nursing background, uh, and then COVID hits. Uh, yeah. I know, I know the COVID conversation is completely exhausted. I know everybody's talked about it, but I do think that, you know, what I would call the frontline workers in that situation, I actually worked in the operating room during COVID. So gotcha. uh, I was a frontline sense. I, I like to hear how the experience was for the frontline workers. So walk me through it, man. You know, whatever step you want to take when you heard about it, any crazy shit that happened to you and your job or talk yeah. me through it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, we first started hearing rumblings of it. Uh, you know, on Twitter, like yep. it kind of permeated <laughs> and made its way in through Twitter. And it's like, oh, this could be really bad. And then, oh, this is going to be really bad. Um, and so that was kind of the narrative initially. It's like, we don't know anything about this. Oh, there's people like dropping dead in the streets and all this, like, mm. you know, in China, whatever, like all these things. And we're so for me, initially, I was like taking a lot of caution. So the hospitals, um, you know, where, where I was in Northern California, uh, they didn't implement anything like I don't need them to implement shit. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> going to do what I'm going to do. Right. So I right. did start wearing a mask um, as like the narrative started building. It became, you know, it was a little scary for a moment there. Right. You're like, yeah. we don't know what we don't know. So I'm just going to take precaution. I don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks. <laughs> yeah. And actually What's the it? hospital started coming at me and saying that, Hey, you have to take your mask off. You can't wear the mask around here. You're, really? scaring, you're scaring the patients. And I'm like, this is a bunch of bullshit. I'm going to wear my mask. <laughs> Cause the cool thing is as a travel nurse, I can be like, fuck you. I'll go yeah. to another hospital. I'm in, like, I'm mm. in high demand. This is how this goes. It's, it's like, a, it's like a dis, you know, distributed life, decentralized lifestyle. You're like, whatever, man. All right. There's yeah. another hospital that I'll go to. Uh, but very quickly, right, as I was starting to develop a sense of, hey, like, actually, I don't think this is all that bad. It's not all it's cracked up to be. It seems a little overblown. Then the hospitals all started freaking out and the whole <laughs> country started freaking out. So now I was like, I was like, I don't really think I need this mask. And then they're like, oh, we're going to fire you if you don't wear a mask. Like this happened so fast. Yeah. So it, it was it was like I got up first-hand look into how these, you know, big healthcare systems work and how they don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, they're all just kind of flying by to see their pants. They're playing this role, they're playing that, they're saying this, they're saying that. So front row seats. And in terms of like the patients, like for the longest time, the hospital was like still empty. So not to say that, you know, other hospitals weren't filling up and everything, but keep in mind as a travel nurse, they are in demand because hospitals are full a lot the max capacity a lot they need more help so for me typically working in hospitals such as these i didn't see anything different oh like patients are in the hospital the hospital's more busy but over time yes it got more busy also the the, the rules got like and the different uh procedural things got more complicated you know oh you gotta do this oh you gotta do that which actually increased the burden and like the need for more labor. Oh, we got to separate this. We got to separate that. We got to do this room. We got to open up this. We got to open that. Um, you know, because you couldn't put patients together. Or you couldn't do things you once did. So it actually increased the need and the demand for more staff. Uh, and it overworked the staff too. Like, so I'm kind of just yeah. ranting here. But yeah, what, no, I, no. what I saw was I was taking care effectively yeah hey this is anecdotal for people but this is literally what i saw i have no like yeah. skin in this game to like talk shit right i'm taking right. care of the same patients the same type of patients 
99.9% of the time that I was already taken care of, except now they have COVID. And, and yeah, like, now nah, COVID, it, it definitely like messed up their lungs for sure. Like it was different. Like it was, yeah. it was definitely different than what I was used to, but it was the same type of patients, right? Yeah. Um, it was the same patient population, um, at least in the ICU setting. Go deeper in that. What do you mean same type? So like, let's say- Overweight? Different, uh, yeah, different comorbidities like diabetes, like, okay. you know, maybe heart failure, you know, liver, kidney, the same type of patient population. Right. Um, to, to, where, to where if you would have, aside from kind of the, the link that patients would stay on the ventilators, mm-hmm. um, because that also increased, again, a lot of these patients- they would stay on the ventilator for a very, very long time. Whereas normally they would maybe get over something like a pneumonia or something quicker. Yeah. So then the bed would clear out. But if you're having a patient like stay in the hospital, maybe like 20 days or 30 days, not like all of them, but some of them, then that bed is taken up for an extended period of time more than we're used to. And hospitals already run at like max capacity most of the time anyway. Yeah. So that's whenever it gets to, oh, the beds are filling. Well, yeah, because, you know, and again, maybe this is something that like you and I can understand more than maybe people that are listening on the podcast. But the general thing is like, you know, in the ICU setting, especially like a lot of these patients are, they're, they're, a lot of them, we're just keeping them alive. We're prolonging their demise. We're not necessarily helping them. And with COVID, I think how, shocking it was for people. I mean, there would be people that were clearly very unhealthy and the family's like, oh, they're so, they were so healthy. It's just this COVID that got them. And it's like, you know, that's, that's just false. And I think what that yeah. led a lot of family members to do is to say, you know, let's keep it going. Like they, they're going to beat this. Like this is, and since they couldn't even be physically present in the hospital to see their loved one suffering on like the ventilator sedated, whereas normally they would go, yeah, let's, let's stop it here. We can't keep doing this. Just kept going. Cause we would literally yeah. like keep families out of the hospital. Yep. No, you can't see them. Oh, don't worry. We're going to FaceTime you. So they have no real connection. Whereas normally they would say, Hey, let's, let's, we're done here. You know? Yeah. And it just perpetuated the thing. And, you know, anyway, it's, yeah. there's a lot that goes into it that no one really fully understands, you know? Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I saw a lot of that stuff on my end as well. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know about you. Did you ever get to the point, and we don't have to stay on this forever, but did you ever <laughs> get to the point where, like, um, because of the actions that you were given uh, or orders you were given from leadership, your virtues came into question where you were basically saying, like, all right, enough of this shit. You know, I, I need to do something about this. Get the fuck out of here is what I was thinking for me. Uh, but it was like, they obviously have, I hate to use the word agenda because it sounds very conspiracy theorish. But, you know, some of the orders I was getting when I would get into work would be like, what are you guys up to? Like, why, did, why wasn't this like this yesterday? And now all of a sudden you guys are saying like family members could come in or some crazy fucking rule or the ventilator thing where they kept them on for a certain amount of time that before was even unheard of. Did you, were your right. virtues ever in question? Did you ever... I was already kind of struggling with this for a while because I started to realize that again, this is the ICU setting. So like you get a lot of the same types of patients. 
I'm not here to say what they should or shouldn't have done, right? I'm just saying they had a very unhealthy lifestyle for a very long time. And, you know, this is the, the outcome. I'm not here to judge them, but the reality is like a lot of the patients that we saw in and out of the ICU, we kept seeing them. It's a revolving door. Um, we're not helping them. Like for some, it's, it's too, too late. We can help yeah. them in the, in the interim, but you know, they'll be back later. And it's very, it's very, you know, unfortunate. Um, so on that note, it became more apparent to me as the, especially the more I uh, started understanding the fiat standard, <laughs> about how broken all of this stuff is and how broken the incentives are and how the hospital, again, like I mentioned earlier, we're not fixing these people. We're prolonging their demise and these big, you know, whatever insurance pharmaceutical companies are profiting massively off of mm. prolonging these people while also sucking in a massive amount of capital that could be better spent elsewhere yeah to healthcare whenever it's just so broken so it really started making me question things and i definitely came at it like i gotta get out of here i mean you probably you probably understand this too like we're getting into it here but it's like i'm sitting here like listening to a podcast about how bitcoin's gonna fix the fucking world and i'm sitting here like learning and and already interviewing businesses and trying to insert Bitcoin into economies and trying to, to craft the best narrative and pitch for businesses to want to say yes and consumers to want to say, yes, I want to use it. I want to enter the Bitcoin economy. I'm doing all this. Well, I'm like wiping someone's ass at the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm over here like, Fuck. I'm trying to literally like trying to <laughs> trying to build a better world and a better future. And I'm sitting here making good money, wiping someone's ass. Yeah. And that, that started getting to me a lot. Uh, not to say I'm, you know, too good for that, but it's like, nah. so then I was like, you know what? I've been stacking some sats. Um, I've been putting my time in. I just need to take some time off and I need to focus only on Bitcoin and just do it. I'm not a rich man. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, yeah. yo, I need to take some time and I need to focus all of my efforts on this and do the best I can. Like, oh, she's totally self-funded. We've, we've raised no money. There's a tiny team and uh, we're trying to start a movement, right? We're trying to educate others on how they can get businesses set up. Like we're trying to push this forward. And fortunately the whole Bitcoin community and all these other Bitcoin businesses are trying to do the same too. So yeah, that was empowering for me. I was like, you know what, I'm done. I <laughs> yeah, it's very, uh, it's very uh, funny how we align in that sense. Um, I didn't, I didn't start my own business, but what, uh, um, you know, I, just to kind of go backwards, how shitty the incentives are. So I worked in the OR. We were the equipment team, and the lady who sat, you know, maybe two feet away from me, she was the one that was in charge of like billing, right? Like all the stuff that was happening. So there's a few facets here. I remember the conversations in that office of charging a patient $600 for a Band-Aid, right? <laughs> like this crazy amount. And like people would just laugh at it, right? And then the other side of it is I would be in the area of, of like the bullshit-ass surgeons that just got their new Tesla and got their new whatever and how like how much they would talk shit about the people that they were supposed to be trying to help and supposed to be trying to save. 
just because they knew at the end of the day, the insurance was going to give them that big check, regardless what the outcome was, whether the patient was better or not. And like you said, as I'm like sitting here listening to, you know, maybe Bitcoin standard, maybe some of these podcasts, I'm like, this, I got to do something. I can't be in this environment where I'm the only one that realizes that this shit is wrong. This shit is just nasty. Um, So I, I didn't start my own business, but that's when I went heavy on trying to find like a Bitcoin job, right? Mm-hmm. And now I, I applied at a bunch of them. Thankfully, I like to say Bitcoin saved me. Um, four months before the hospital was going to mandate the COVID vaccine, um, I got a job at Unchained Capital. Nice. And yeah, and there is when this, hey, I got mine's underneath. <laughs> Same exact one. <laughs> shout out to Unchained. No, not an ad, but shout out to Unchained. Shout out. Uh, um, but yeah, that literally propelled me to the situation to where I'm at now, to where you know, my family's good, where I'm more knowledgeable of the world, more aware of the world. This changed a lot of my worldviews, Bitcoin has, um, as it has for all of us, I'm sure. And now I'm actually transitioning down to Austin and I'm meeting great people like you um, and, you know, some of our peers that are, we have in common. And it's like, damn, if I didn't, if Bitcoin was not introduced to me, like I would be miserable with a mask on and some goggles at an OR, probably with a, with a COVID vax or two in, in my body. <laughs> And just wondering why I couldn't do any better. And here I am having this conversation. So Right. Yeah, fuck, similar fucking past, man. <laughs> yeah, fascinating as shit. Uh, all right, let's get to Oshi, man. So um, <laughs> right. let's walk the listeners through Oshi. I mean, I know it's, it's, it's a way to get, like you said a little while ago, to get businesses onboarded onto Bitcoin. But uh, give me a little bit of detail from both sides, meaning, you know, the, the consumer, the person that's the, the client of the business and the business itself. How does Oshi help serve both those people? Right. So let's start with... Let's start with the businesses first. I think there's a lot of people out there. And again, the reason for this is we don't have some crazy marketing budget. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's two of us with a few other people helping out like minimally cause just because they love Bitcoin, right? Yeah. So, so I think a lot of people view Oshi as like, oh, okay, so like you must compete with Stripe. Or, oh, oh, like you must be a competitor with like OpenNote or Ibex or like, so you must be setting these businesses up with like some Oshi payment provider. It's like, no, no, no. Yeah. Businesses can use any Bitcoin payment provider they want and we can help them find customers by allowing them to promote their products and services on our application, you know, their promotions, their sats back rewards. And just really just put them on the map for other Bitcoin enthusiasts and inevitably normies to discover, right? So whenever a customer makes a purchase from one of these businesses, maybe this business says, hey, we're going to sell you this beer. We're going to give you 21% sats back because we want Bitcoin, right? We want to take a small dip and maybe even swim in the Bitcoin economy. Right. Yeah. But we're just gonna we're just gonna get our, our feet wet first. The customer can make a purchase with any Bitcoin, you know, Lightning wallet they want, and the business, you know, they're effectively sending that payment straight to that business's own personal Bitcoin payment provider, whether it's a fully KYC, you know, provider like Stripe or OpenNote or whatever, or it's like something like Ibex, where it's like super fast setup, five minutes, you know, you can accept Lightning payments, or they run their own BTC pay server. We got them covered. Or if you're a small business in El Salvador selling papooses on the street corner and you have a Bitcoin Beach wallet, yeah. you can plug into Bitcoin Beach wallet too. So I think it's uh, something that's just always on my mind now that I need to do a better job of explaining. 
We are not the payment provider. We are not the wallet. We are a tool for weaponized Bitcoin evangelism, if you're a Bitcoiner, to show businesses in your community how they can start interfacing with the Bitcoin economy and bring in you know, new customers and you know, start accepting payments and start you know, actually holding on to some Bitcoin on your business's balance sheet. And uh, we're waiting for consumers to find great deals. So let's say you're, you're a normie <laughs> and you're like, so all I have to do is use Cash App. And if I buy this coffee through Oshi, I'm going to get 10% back in free Bitcoin. And it's like, yes. That's it. <laughs> so we're trying, we're trying to orange pill the normies too through incentives. It's like, as a business owner, think about this. If the business owner could give a little tiny sliver of Tesla stock every single time their consumer bought a cup of coffee, Dude, they yeah. would be all over that. Like, yeah, like 10 cents in Tesla stock. Imagine the craze <laughs> of people. Yeah. Right? What we're offering is far superior, right? And it's actually legal because they can't sit there and give securities to their customers, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's illegal. Yeah. But they can give them something better, and that's Bitcoin rewards. So we can create a network effect for small businesses, not stupid coffee points, not square stars, not punch cards. We can get these small businesses on a platform, a lightning native Bitcoin marketplace to generate a network effect and empower them and empower people in their community to just take their first steps into Bitcoin. That's, that's what Oshi is. Yeah. And no, um, just as we know as Bitcoin, no, uh, no discrimination, right? Like this could be uh, a 16 year old with a lightning wallet that comes in that doesn't have a bank account that could come in and get some stats. It could be a 52 year old person that comes in. Uh, it could be an unbanked person that comes in. It doesn't matter. You can reward them and they can reward you. Uh, I think that's extremely magical. Uh, that's right. I mean, imagine that, like, just, just on that, I'll have to piggyback off that real quick. Sure. Like Visa, MasterCard, Discover, Americas, they control the rewards. The card issuers, Chase, they yeah. control the rewards. You swipe your card, they'll go, we'll give you 2% back. We'll give you 1% back. Sometimes yeah. more, sometimes less. Well, you get 2%, bro. You're crazy. They give you like 0.5% back. <laughs> yeah, okay. See, <laughs> I don't even know anymore, man. <laughs> like, yeah, right. <laughs> like, so like, the, the crazy thing is, is that Visa controls all that. And furthermore, I'm picking on Visa, like just the card issuers, the payment processors, sure. they control that. Okay. Small businesses through Bitcoin rewards, they can control what they want to give back to their customer and they can utilize a far more equitable monetary network with or without actually holding the Bitcoin. If they don't want to, right? They can still get their dollars. Yeah. And instead of giving two, three, 4%, more even, depending on the cost of the item and whether it's online or in-store, to the visas and the JP Morgan mm. chases of the world, every single time your customer swipes their card, you can keep it all local. Yeah. You don't have to give all this percentage to major corporations. You don't have to give it to Wall Street anymore with lighting. You can keep it in Main Street. That's yeah. profound. We can go back to like the days of cash where I give you $5 and that's between me and the business. The processing fee is zero. The privacy is there. 
Yeah. No need permission. Amazing. The settlement is final and instant. Lightning offers us the ability for the first time in a long time. Well, the first time ever to have cash just digital, right? That is incredibly empowering for local businesses, their consumers, and and like the economy. So we're here to empower these, these small businesses, man. Yeah, sounds like you're doing that too. Another part of that is, is like you can, you know, like you said, keep it a main street, but like now you could get more clever with that 3.5%, right? Which is like, hey, I'm going to give you back 2%, still keep 1.5 and, and we're good. We could break even here, like, you know, and have some fun with this. Um, I, yeah, I think that's magical, Ben. I haven't, you know, here where I'm at, I don't, there's nobody doing it. Maybe it's my fault for not trying to help people do it, but like there's, <laughs> there's just nowhere where I can actually spend lightning, but right. I can't wait to get to an arena or a city like Austin or anywhere else um, where that becomes the case, right? And then your Oshi app is prevalent in my, my wife's and I's conversations because she's a baker and one of her big goals when she gets down to Austin is to open up a bakery. That's right? amazing. So Yeah, so I told her right off the bat, like Oshi came to mind and you know I've been watching you guys from a distance and all that. And I'm like, like, hey, love, you can actually now, what we just talked about, like now people could come in. Not only is it a Bitcoin community, but they're going to want to support, they're going to want to give you that. And you can give them incentives back with that 3.5 that you would have been giving away to Visa. Uh, and yes, we're going to keep picking on Visa. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> May as well. But man. yeah, that, that's, that's, that's magical work. So how does, is it uh, on the background, right? So is it that, you know, I give a price and then the, the um, incentive that I'm giving to the customer comes out of out of me, right? It's not coming out of Oshi or anything. Correct. Like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's coming out of the business owner. And the reality is like a lot of these business owners are already running different specials. So yeah. we don't necessarily have to say, oh, like you're going to have to do something you haven't already done. It's like, we're just going to get you plugged into Bitcoin and create an incentive structure that is far more valuable while saving you money at the same time. So like, for example, a business I went in this morning. We do a Bitcoin breakfast every Tuesday morning at the Meteor Coffee Shop. They already have a, a rewards program with Toast. They already do. You get five dollars as like a voucher for every fifty dollars you spend. That's ten percent. That's ten percent. They're already doing it. So we go, hey, yeah. You want to do ten percent on like coffees and Bitcoin rewards? Like, well, right. why are we keeping it to dollar? You they already do it. Many yeah. businesses already do this. Say a happy hour special. Let's just reframe it. Let's not say 30% off. Let's say 30% in free Bitcoin. Like that's a way to get the average individual to like turn their head a little bit and like, wait, 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 what? Free Bitcoin? Whenever I buy this? I mean, people already do this, right? They, yeah. I mean, they could say like, whenever you buy a gift card, they could just say, oh, you get 5% off. No one gives a shit about that. It's, yeah. it's psychologically, they go, no, I want to get something free. Like, I don't know, growing up in Texas, I don't know if, like how big like Kohl's is all over the country, but I don't know, in Texas, they're yeah, everywhere, yeah. right? And so like, they always have like this Kohl's cash, right? And it's Some basically bullshit. like, yeah, yeah. It's basically <laughs> like, I mean, in, in general, this is how it is, right? Like, you're going to pay the full price sometimes, and then they'll like have you like, keep, they'll keep your change, right? It's like, and you can use it as cold, Kohl's credit. So yeah. it's kind of like, you don't actually get, like, they're just keeping your change. Like, you're going to pay a hundred bucks. Uh, yeah. here, here's your Kohl's credit or whatever. You can, like, apply the credit or whatever, too. But maybe Kohl's is the best example. But, like, let's just say 
yeah. any business where they're going to like, instead of like Visa MasterCard, you're going to pay the full price, but then they're going to give you 1% back that they're going to hold and keep for you. Like, why don't they just give you 1% off? <laughs> like, because no one gives a shit about that. That's why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Now, in the example with the 50 bucks um, and get $5 off or, or whatever, um, is that like you, the typical fiat version is, is you have to spend up to 50 to get this. And the Bitcoin example, can it be like, no, you get 5% off every, every coffee or every time you scan? Yeah, exactly. Or, or, yeah, wouldn't okay, that be cool. nice, right? You could do whatever. I mean, they could cater it to whatever they need. I mean, I saw gotcha. today, not only did they have that, but then they also had like, if you subscribe to our reward system, I think they, I think they gave like 25 points right away. Sweet. Which basically equates to $2.50 in this case. So like, they're giving you $2.50. Imagine like right away, whenever you like say, download the Yoshi app and buy your first coffee, they're going to give you $2.50 of Bitcoin. Like, That's fine. what? Like they're already doing this stuff, right? Yeah. So it's just a matter of like reframing it and whether that's saying, imagine for a minute, you got to hold your, hold your hand. Yeah. Imagine for yeah. a minute, you could give a sliver of Tesla stock. Yeah. To yeah. Your <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah. Everyone loves Tesla stock. Like, yeah. Imagine something far better and legal <laughs> to do, right? right. So, like, it's all about the frame, man. We, we and, do and such a good job of explaining why, but like, we're just not as good yet of, of the how. And we're getting there, we're getting there. Yeah. And it's a rabid community. Like, it's one of those that they want that. Like, I've seen Bitcoiners do the craziest thing to get that dollar back in sats. Like, so That's just right. to say, hey, I could get my coffee in the morning and get some sats, I'm sure there'll be game. Um, so what is, what is the business owner kind of, I want to talk about like how you are orange pill or how it's been going in that, but like when they finally say, yes, I'm down, what is it that they need to have to get started? I've heard you've gotten people on board in like five minutes. I I don't know if that's true. So like, what would a business owner need to know or have once they say, yes, this is it. Yeah. So like I said, I've spoken to a lot of business owners. So oftentimes I first kind of get an idea of how their business operates. Like what point of sale do they use? Are they online only? Are they brick and mortar? Are they both? What do they use for the website? What do they use for their e-com? Do they have gift cards? Do they not? Should they? Um, are they already running specials? Are they like, so there's a lot that goes into it initially. From there, um, knowing what I know about all the different payment providers, I've spent a lot of time playing around with them. Uh, my co-founder built out a lot of the custom integrations for them. Like we know how they work. We know which ones are better at this and which ones are better at that. Uh, you know, we've built out integrations where the company goes under, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. like, sure. uh, so we're a lot more selective. We're a lot more, we've just seen a lot at this point. We've been doing this a while. So we generally have a really good idea of, of what's the best payment provider for them. So once we determine that, you know, Ibex is really awesome for brick and mortar businesses. Uh, specifically. And if that's the case, and if they just want to hold Bitcoin, it's a half a percent fee and I can get them set up in five minutes, five minutes. They can go from, somebody can literally go from not even knowing what the hell Bitcoin is (laughs) to accepting (laughs) lightning payments and training their staff on how to do it because it's that easy in under 10 minutes. That's it. That's crazy. And then from there we go, hey, like you want to, plug in Oshi. So you accept Bitcoin now. Great. Do you want to promote that you accept it? Do you want to incentivize people to use it? Because that's how we win is through incentives. Visa, MasterCard, America's, all those, all those card issuers and payment processors, they didn't 
win by just saying, hey, it's an easier way to pay. <laughs> like, that took time, man. Whenever the cards first came out, it was a knuckle buster. It was a carbon copy. You go, like, like yeah, that yeah, stuff is not that. easy, man. Employees hated that. People hated that. There, there was nothing easy about that, right? Yeah. But over time, the experience improved, much like the experience is improving with Lightning and Bitcoin. But more importantly, the incentives. They said, if you use this card, we're going to give you back rewards. If you spend $2,000 this month on your card, we're going to give you $300 mm. cash back. Remember all that stuff? And you had oh, yeah. people that were like churning cards. They have like 10 credit cards and they spend as much as they can and they get towards, like they pay it off at the end of every month and everything to just get those rewards, right? But that hooked everybody. Because in 2010, whenever the credit card rewards programs really started getting crazy, the points guy, remember that guy? He was literally like how to leverage credit cards to freaking travel the world and whatever, all that bullshit, right? <laughs> and it worked out well for some people. But 2010, all right? 2010, take a wild guess what percentage of, of uh, let's say, like, what percentage of commerce was done online? Because typically a card was used for, like, online payment. Like, take a wild guess. Yeah. 2010, what percentage of commerce was done online? Now you're going to put me in uh, fiat jeopardy here. No, you're um, good, man. Take a wild <laughs> guess. It's, it's, it's shocking. Yeah. Um, let's say 30%? I, I don't know. <laughs> 5%. By 2010, okay. we had the freaking iPhone. We had, I don't know what, yeah. I don't, maybe I'm getting a little help. I don't know. We had Airbnb. We had all these things. Sure. Buy stuff online. 5% of total retail commerce in the United States. Everyone had internet. Most people at that point had smartphones. 5% of retail commerce was done online. So these card issuers, they go, well, shit. How do we reach the 95%? Like, we can't just rely on like 5% of sales to be online because that's more or less sort of what, what really took us to the next level, right? Yeah. How do we get involved in every single transaction? Not just online, but in store, in person. You provide the incentives. You get people to spend with these cards everywhere they go, no matter what they're buying. Yeah. Cash is done. If you use cash, you get nothing. If you use this card, we basically charge the merchant 3% plus, and then we give you 1% back. That's so right? Nice. Right? And what the <laughs> thing is, these merchants would increase the cost of their products and services naturally, without even like thinking about it, to, to offset the cost of the merchant fee. So what's happening really is the customer is paying 3% more, and the banks are going to give you 1% back. Yeah. So you're still paying 2% more. And people that don't use or have cards at all to recoup even that 1% get fucked. Yeah. That's what they did. That's what they're still doing. We're going to use that against them. We're going and to even, weaponize Bitcoin. <laughs> and even the them. people that are paying just in dollars are, are, you know, are, they may not be getting that 1% back, but they're still paying the higher price. They're still paying well, the higher price. Exactly. So it's actually, uh, they're actually subsidizing the people that use the cards. It's just a lose-lose. There's, there's no... There's no winners except the banks. The ba right. The banks. They're the only it's ones that win. That's a common trend, isn't it, nowadays? It's a common trend. <laughs> right. So what we can do, the power that we have with Bitcoin is we can incentivize consumers with Bitcoin 
Yeah. While simultaneously lowering the processing cost of the business. And, and through that, they can basically arbitrage the payment processing fees and give it back to the customer to effectively kick all these payment providers and you know, yeah. Visa, MasterCard, card issuers out of the local economy. Now, yeah. there's, there's no caveat to that. Like at this point in time with Lightning, with Bitcoin, well, you just have to use a Bitcoin service provider now. So they're in the middle of it, but they charge yeah. way less fees. Yeah. And if you want to do it on your own, you can. Okay, that's that's the really important part. If you want to do it on your own, you can. Yeah. Try try processing a Visa card on your own. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. End up in jail. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> so that's that's the really important thing for those that'll be like, oh, well, like, well, it's still are you still using centralized services? Well, these services are really cheap, and in my opinion, instead of the fees going up on them, they're going to keep going down. Yeah. And. uh and the businesses can experience. literally just opt out and run their own BTC pay server at some point whenever it makes exactly. sense. Yeah. And the, the people that are like the customers can do the same thing. Like, yeah, you can run on Cash App and you can go ahead and pay and go through your KYC Cash App Lightning, uh, but you could just pull out your Zeus wallet and then you could just pay with sovereign sats that you mined, you know, last week or whatever and do the same exact thing. So the option is definitely there. Exactly. That's a conversation I've been having lately a lot too, which is like, a lot of people are thinking that Lightning is leaning towards more like a custodial, like a, a PayPal 2.0. And then there's like the real maxis that are like, nah, bullshit. You could just spin up your own node and do all that. And in the conversations I've been having lately, it's, it's, it's the fact that we can do either one is the magic, right? Like you can choose and go whichever way you want is the magical part. Uh, but I don't want to lean towards one or the other, right? Like I don't want it to be extremely difficult. So that the, so I use grandma as the example, so that grandma can't use it, right? But I also don't want to lose the sovereignty as somebody who's really deep into and has my own node to be able to do that if I choose to. That's a, a weird balance to strike, but we need to strike. Exactly. I mean, that's like the profound thing right now. Exactly. Like, you can do either one. And the yeah. cool thing is, the incentives are such that over time, as the volumes increase, as these businesses are accepting more Bitcoin, as Bitcoin becomes more ingrained in the lives of individuals, as the experience UI to UX improves, I mean, it's already not that bad, really. Like, it's actually not bad at all. No. Um, I don't think we have a UX problem. I think we just have a, an education problem. But as all of this gets it's better, um, businesses and consumers do have the option to stop using third-party services and do it themselves, right? Which should, at, at the right volumes, be cheaper. So the incentives yeah. are such that businesses and consumers will be incentivized to do it themselves as opposed to relying on a third party. Whereas, mm. like you said, there's no choice with the traditional yeah. system. You have no choice. Um, and, and furthermore, like, as more and more people use these centralized services because they literally can't use anything else other than cash, which they're going to do away with, then the fees keep going up. It's the opposite. Mm. The fees go up. The fraud goes up. The centralization goes up. Communism right. goes up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Bitcoin's the opposite. The fees will get lower. The distribution will get greater. Yeah. Like that is again, the crazy part about it. Like 
you know, it's, it's just like, I talked to a business owner today, I got him set up with Ibex. Um, he's like, well, it would be cool to do BDC pay server. I'm like, yeah, you could do BDC pay, BDC pay server. That would be awesome. Like, he's like, I just don't know the technicals. I go, you know, you can use something like voltage. Yeah. You yeah. can spin up the note, but you know, it's going to cost you maybe like 15, $20 a month. I don't, don't quote me, but you know, it, it's going to cost you. So unless yeah. he's having like a high amount of volumes, he would rather just pay the half a percent to Ibex because that's not going to be $20 a month. Right, like right, we're right, just right. still dipping our toes in. But again, what happens is once they reach that threshold where they're spending $20 a month in fees, then they, then they are incentivized to do it themselves or to become more self-sovereign. But that also right. incentivizes Ibex to lower their fees too. Like, sure. you know, it, it's just it's a, it's a race to the bottom, man. Like Jack Ballers is absolutely right about that. Like we're seeing it play out in real time right now. Yeah. And furthermore, the cost to incorporate fiat or to attach to fiat is going to be night and day. I mean, yeah, yeah you want to pay more? You want to do all this KYC, KYB bullshit? Yeah, use fiat. You're going to have a great time. <laughs> yeah, right. You just use Bitcoin and it's right. easier. Right. Yeah. And even in the, in the $20, if it is that uh, uh, with like a voltage or whatever, like if you were to add up the 3.5% that you're paying on every visa swipe in your business, that $20 becomes a wash. Like, 100%. That's just a, yeah, that's a no brainer there in that yep. situation. Yep. Uh, all right. So uh, another avenue that I've been, you know, very curious to explore. So we know the benefits when it comes to the business. We know the benefits of having an economy, but a lot of people are still on the huddle mentality where they really don't want to spend these sets, right? Like, what's your thought on that? Like, do you think it's, it's a really good thing for Bitcoiners to want to spend their sets or is it a balance? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, my, my thoughts are, I mean, first and foremost, it's all about the incentives. Yeah. Like, look, if there's a business owner that wants your Bitcoin. <laughs> they're trying to scam you out of there. Like everyone's a scammer, right? <laughs> if they want your Bitcoin, then they're going to be incentivized to give you a discount if you pay with Bitcoin. All right. Yeah. So people can say, oh, I'm just going to like going to hodl till I die. Well, like, hey, you expect the price of Bitcoin to go up 10% at this very second, then maybe it's better for you to spend and replace. So you can get the 10% discount right now. Your money goes 10 per, your Bitcoin goes 10% further than it otherwise would at this moment in time. And then you can just buy $10 more. It's not a big deal, right? Okay. Let's say like yeah. the UX and that sucks. Let's say like, oh, I got to do this. Then I got to spin a replace. Okay. First of all, it's not that bad. You can go on strike. You can smash by Bitcoin and whenever you want, you can go on a bunch of different services, right? So then the second option to that is, okay, like spend Jack Mallers' Bitcoin. <laughs> like, True. like yeah. strike, connect your bank account. And then they're going to go, oh, well, like, you know, then it's like KYC and that sucks and that's not real. Okay, then swipe your fucking card. Yeah. Like, okay, go ahead, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, fuck <laughs> over the business every single time you spin. Fuck it. And, yeah. and you're still getting all your data. So like, like, I don't think you're paying in cash whenever you go buy your coffee. Like, let's get real. So, like, right. a lot of this stuff is, like, making perfect the enemy of good. Like, people are like, mm, oh, like, you know, like oh, you don't want to, you don't want to, we can't do that. It's not perfect. It's like, look, yo, like... <laughs> You're going to swipe your card otherwise. <laughs> like, let's be real, man. Yeah, like, yeah, come yeah. on. That's what you're already doing. Like, may as well save the business money and use Strike to pay or something, right? Because yeah. what that's going to do is that is going to create this wave. Businesses are going to be more willing to accept Bitcoin if their customers are willing to pay with it, right? It's going to 
line the pockets of Stripe. It's going to line the pockets of Bitcoin payment providers. It's going to give them more capital with which they can build out infrastructure that is necessary and needed to kind of really get this Bitcoin circular economy going. Yeah. And if all else fails, they're like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Oh, I pay with cash. Oh, this, oh, that. All right, fine. Like, go ahead. Like, no hard feeling. <laughs> but there's going to come a point in time, in my opinion, in which you're not going to have any other choice. Right. And, and that transitionary period, once inflation starts getting really bad and businesses start to recognize that they have to accept Bitcoin, well, they want to accept Bitcoin. Imagine the premium or sorry, the discounts they are going yeah. to give if you pay with Bitcoin, right? Right. And maybe even some of them just say, look, we don't accept anything other than Bitcoin. Now that that's, that's going to come with time. Like that's a ways yeah. away. But furthermore, just preparing businesses for that, whatever, spend five bucks and buy your cup of coffee at a local coffee shop that accepts Bitcoin. Like, right. You know, buy an extra five bucks of Bitcoin this week. <laughs> like, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? So I would just say a lot of times if people like are really hard about that, frankly, I just think um, it's either a bit of LARPing or honestly, it's probably just ignorance with the fact that there are really easy ways to spend your Bitcoin without actually spending your Bitcoin. Yeah. Like, spend Jack Mallers' Bitcoin. <laughs> That's a bunch of good points there, yeah. yeah. The LARPing is 100% LARPing. I mean, yeah. like, like you just said, like for you to come to me and tell me, fam, I'm not going to KYC my Bitcoin, but then go swipe your card like five seconds later is just the most <laughs> idiotic thing I've ever heard. And then yeah. I don't think people understand, like people say the word like, you know, economy and kind but I don't think they understand that in order for it to be an economy, it needs to be transacted. People need to like, you're not going to have an economy of uh, holographic Charizard Pokemon cards, right? <laughs> right. Because I, everybody's just holding this one card and they don't want to give it up. You right. need to have something that moves around. So yeah. Right, right. I, and if you want to use the fiat example, well, when you get your paycheck, you put some away for savings and then you have a bunch left over to spend. Right. So if you get paid in Bitcoin or if you have all your Bitcoin, you put some away to hodl and then you spend some of the other ones at the local shops and restaurants and get your discount on. Uh, yeah, it's exactly. probably LARPing. Exactly. People that are saying this stuff is LARPs. <laughs> yeah, there's all sorts of stuff. Like recently I saw a lot of Monero talk in my Twitter feed and like, I love the privacy aspect. That's cool. Like people align on that, but I still think it's a total shit coin. Yeah. I mean, like, look, somebody messaged me the other day. I mean, I don't want to talk about this much, but it's just funny. And it's like, they're like, they're like, which businesses are accepting Monero? And I'm like, I think he said something like, yeah, but do you feel comfortable whenever you pay with Lightning that it's not private? And I'm like, yo, you're not going to have to worry about privacy with Monero because no one's going to fucking accept that shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, look, man, you're going to be perfectly private because like, you're not going to be able yeah. to spend it. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm joking a little bit. Like, yeah, sure. Like, of course, there are some businesses that accept it. And that's fine. Like, I'm not, I'm not like shitting on it, but I'm just like, look, we yeah. gotta be honest with ourselves here. Like that's another thing. It's like I'm not gonna spend unless it's totally private. All right, use cash. Like Monero drops in value far more than fiat currency. So like, look, I mean, why not just use fiat currency then? I mean, anyway, that's just been on my mind a little bit. I'm not triggered it's, at all. It's just a funny thing. It's been popping up. It everywhere. is frustrating <laughs> though. Like when you get these people that are like, you could tell they're super overthinking the decision. Like it's like, bam, like. Yeah, you could do whatever you want to do, but don't waste my time overthinking with you because that's what you're trying <laughs> yeah. to do here. It's very strange. <laughs> right, right, um, right. 
I, I want to, uh, and we're going to cut this short in respect to your time here, but, um, you know, we talk about the traditional, you know, let's say coffee shops and the traditional businesses. Um, I've heard a little bit of your experience uh, when it comes to the ranchers, right? And, you know, Texas Slims of the world and, and those type of businesses that are now starting to really feed into the Bitcoin economy and really have, you know, sovereign food, sovereign money, that whole thing. Um, just quickly, if you don't mind, your experience with the ranchers and how's that going for you guys as a company to help the ranchers actually get paid in Bitcoin? Yeah, it was fun, man. It, it's been fun. It's been interesting. So how this all started was my co-founder was always, has always been super into like, you know, pure protein and like yeah. no chemicals, none of that. And uh, he heard of Slim. And, and I myself had started like reading some books on like regenerative ag and like learning about the soil, right? Like stop treating our soil like dirt. Like this is yeah. the foundation of civilization, right? Like the money and the soil, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, but, but my co-founder, uh, JP, he started reading Slim stuff and he's like, hey man, we need to get in touch with this guy. We can help him. Like we can help with this. And it just so happened. Like, we we're like, oh yeah, yeah, we will, we will. And he reached out and everything. And then it just happened Kyle Murphy from Pleb Lab, Austin Bitcoin Club. He was like, hey, I got someone that wants to talk to you, Texas Slim. So he introduced us and uh, we just hit it off. We're like, yeah, man, like we can help provide some sort of market for you and beef producers and hopefully an incentive for people to go out and like shake the rancher's hand and get things going. Right. And then we eventually met up with uh, Cole from KNC Cattle. We got him set up. And uh, there's actually still no deals in OSHA. We're working on that. And, and the reason I say that is because there's a lot of proof of work that goes into this, yeah. uh, like to do it right. To and to what part? This, All of it? Or like, what do you so mean? So like, think about distribution, yeah. you know, I mean like, okay, you can sell these cows, but like, what is their backend ordering system? Like, how are they distributing this beef? Like, okay, let's say we pump this out and we get a shit ton of beef sold. Like, do we want to drown this rancher that's never, ever seen volumes like this before? There's a ton of work that goes on behind the scenes in like getting their systems up to speed. Like you think they have the, you know, top tier online commerce things got no man. Like, so, so we've been doing a lot of work on that. We've been trying to make it seamless. We're trying to do it right. And, um, fortunately we should have some boxes on Oshi very soon with some interesting incentives, maybe sell some, some full cows, half cows, quarter cows, yeah, uh, on Oshi for Bitcoin. But um, I mean, just I guess the well, I guess to get back to more of your question. So for now, it's been a lot of work uh, and Slim's been doing awesome work. JP has been working with with all these different ranchers, too, in terms of getting their tech stack up to snuff. Um, but just going there and being able to say. Bitcoiners like beef. And they value your work. And they value you and they understand your plight and they understand that, you know, they want to support, you. like they want to support you. So whenever you go to these ranches, we say, Hey, we just got like KNC pushed out there and the Bitcoin community loved it. And they saw a massive increase in their sales. Nice. That's powerful. It doesn't take too much more than that, man. So you start talking with them. Again, it's all consulting, free consulting. It's like, yeah, what do you use now? Like, what are your volumes? You know, how do you do your ordering? Do you deliver locally, farmer's market, like regionally? 
you know, yeah. I would just say there's just a ton that goes into it. Slim's out there pounding pavement, <laughs> pounding pasture, yeah, knocking on doors, shaking hands. There's a lot, man. I don't know if I fully like answer your question. Maybe yeah, yeah. Be more specific, but yeah, there's 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 a lot. No, yeah, I just wanted to know like your connection with there, but that definitely answered the question. And yeah, I'm I'm super excited. I've definitely gotten my. I have a, I have a history of uh, I was overweight, lost a shitload of pounds, um, like half my body weight, literally. Nice. And then now I'm kind of working on it, but it's kind of like you know the, the that whole concept of shake your rancher's hand. That's kind of got me back to not necessarily carnivore, but just eat like my ancestors ate. Right. Like just yeah. basically like just, just be realistic and say, you know, like let's use peanuts for an example. I'll be damned if our ancestors had enough time or the, the amount of peanuts that you get on a regular coffee table nowadays. It's just crazy. So just being more realistic about my diet, but meat and proteins and especially Slim's message uh, has really resonated with me and has helped me out and has made me understand. I was talking to my dad, um, who's an older guy this past weekend. And just to circle back to the healthcare thing. Um, he basically told me that like, Hey, I got my labs ran or whatever. And, uh, my, my, my doctor was basically telling me that I shouldn't eat red meat. And right. I'm just like, Whoa, buddy. Like the incentives that that lady has to tell you that versus what red meat can actually do for you. Uh, we need to have a conversation. So, yeah. uh, we, we talked about it. I introduced him to Slim's work. Um, he's just, you know, uh, uh just Puerto Rican Im- Im- not immigrant cause Puerto Ricans are citizens, but yeah, yeah. just somebody who came from Puerto Rico, uh, when we were younger and just has been grinding his grinding it since he's gotten here. Um, you know, grade A citizen doing the very best he can. And the fact that he's going to fall victim or is falling victim to the healthcare system. That's basically saying, Hey, this real food that you're supposed to be having is not what you're supposed to be having. Because like you said earlier, the incentive is to get you back here every few months to give you more prescriptions and basically just delay your death. If that's the, right. the thing. Um, yeah. Slim and, and what you're doing and what everybody's doing is basically just like how not only I save myself, but how I can save my family when it comes to my parents and the people that are still uh, plugged into the matrix, as people like to say. Hell um, yes. So, yeah, man, that's a long-winded answer to say. I just wanted to know a little bit more about, you know, with how you guys are helping there. But yeah, and like, across the board, Slim like really cares. Like, yeah, I can tell he's I'm not passionate. fucking around. I mean, he like always. You know, whenever you first start working with somebody, like you know, you're feeling it out. Like you're trying to see, especially sure. in the Bitcoin space, you're always like, "Are you for real? Like, is this all yeah. for real?" And you kind of tiptoe around some things. You like you figure stuff out, right? Nah, he means this. Like he means this. I mean, we've been working, he's been working hard at this for like at least six or seven months, like hard. Yeah. Uh, I think it's been more than that. I don't know when, when it all started, but, um, and yeah, we've been kind of right there with him following along and he's just doing an awesome job. And like I said, he means it. Like what you said about like really fixing the food and fixing our health. Yeah. He cares about that. Like it's, it's real. So it's really exciting. Um, also, I, I just actually got a phone like a couple hours before this. I got a, a, a barbecue place, San Juan Smokehouse. I think it's Let's San Juan go. Smokehouse. Um, they were accepting crypto, uh, mm. but they weren't doing lightning yet. So I was like, hey, let me get you set up. Let me get you set up with the real good, with the real good thing. And then we'll help promote you. and We'll get things going. And um, I'll just say like some of the connections you make from just talking to these people, like these, yeah. these business owners, like they know people. Like they know other business owners, like they have sure. leverage in their community. These people want to help. And again, like 
I think there, there's this segment, uh, you mentioned something like earlier in the podcast. It's like, who is this for, right? It's like, it's for everyone, man. I don't care if they come to me and go, hey, man, I think XRP is going to the moon. Like this guy did not say that, by the way. but I'm just saying in general, <laughs> like, I think XRP is going to the moon. Like, and I'm like, cool. Do you want to accept Bitcoin over lightning? Like just nod. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Do you want to accept Bitcoin over lightning and offer Bitcoin rewards to your customers or even just accept Bitcoin? I don't care. Use Oshi. Don't use Oshi. Let's get you plugged into the only money that matters. Right. Yeah. Not here to, I'm not here to tell them about why Bitcoin is the greatest financial tool and monetary network in the history of the world. I'm not here to tell them that. I'm just here to say, look, do you want to get set up? Do you want to bring in new customers? Do you want to keep them coming back? And do you want to stash some Bitcoin? I don't yeah. care if you're a hardcore Bitcoiner or a hardcore shitcoiner. <laughs> I'm going to get you yeah. set up with Bitcoin. Like I've literally had business go, Hey, yeah, when are you going to start accepting Shiba Inu? And I'm like, Oh, oh yeah, haha, yeah, boy. yeah. Yeah, no, we won't do that. We're just Bitcoin. Like, why? Why? Like, I think, uh, I, I, the Bitcoin maximal stuff. I mean, I'm, I fully subscribe to that. Like, I'm, whatever. Like, I'm just saying like, we, um, I think sometimes we perceive ignorance as malice. A lot of these mm. people, they don't have a freaking clue what's going on. Cause I literally talk with these people that are not Twitter. Yeah, And they're like, what about Dogecoin? Can you accept Doge? Like this person has no clue what Bitcoin even is or Dogecoin. Like they're just genuinely curious. Right. And I tell them, like even consumers sometimes, they're like, well, are you going to start accepting other cryptocurrencies? It's just a genuine question. And I could be like, you shitcoiner. Like, but no, they yeah. really just, they just don't, they just don't know. So I'm like, look, Bitcoin is the only thing that makes sense because it has the best infrastructure built around it. It has the liquidity. And it's the only thing that I would ever feel comfortable and confident in recommending to small businesses yeah. that are already taking enough risk as it is and being entrepreneurs and trying to provide value for their community. Right? right. Why the fuck would I recommend? <laughs> yeah. I mean, aside from the fact that like, literally I would never, but like, yeah you know, framing it in a certain way like that, man. So, you know, that's how we build like this Bitcoin economy. People are so ignorant. It's all, it's all up to education and just yeah. showing them. We do enough telling, we got to show. And the free market will ultimately decide for them, meaning that if they're taking all these cryptocurrencies and, you know, they use Oshi to get Bitcoin, well, you're going to notice that your, most of your customers, your new ones at least, are paying in Bitcoin and not paying in Ethereum or any other fucking bullshit coin. Exactly. So that, yeah, even if they don't take your word for it, action speaks, right? Like how many of your new customers are Bitcoin clients, right? Versus the other shit coins. That's right. Um, so that's a very fascinating thing. I mean, we could tackle this from millions of angles. Dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, the list goes on, man. But it's just making yeah. it like little bite-sized pieces to leave them, right? Like you could either, I just, I love this analogy. Like, you ever given like a dog or a cat, like a pill? Not personally, pill? no, but go ahead. So you basically had to like pull their head back, open their mouth and freaking shove that thing down their throat, and shut their really? mouth, shut their snout. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. And then you're like, you just tell them like, swallow, 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 cry, cry, like rubbing their yeah. throat and, and shit. Yeah. That's what we try to do to people whenever we give them the orange pill. We're like True. shoving it down their throat. We don't even let them talk. <laughs> Shut yeah. your mouth. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm guilty of that. Listen, 100%. not me too. Yeah, but we gotta put it in a pill pocket. We gotta put it in a in a in a hot dog. 
<laughs> and they will want to eat that thing. Yeah. Like we have not, not comparing business owners or individuals to dogs, but we yeah. have to like frame it differently. We have to show them how it's helpful and beneficial for them now without them actually having to understand like the Bitcoin maximalist, myself included. Um, we understand this on a deep level or we understand as much as we can. Like Bitcoin's crazy, right? There's so much more to understand. (laughs) But like, so now it's our time to show people what we've learned without necessarily making sure that they like read like all of gradually then suddenly, I wish they would read the Bitcoin standard, read Atlas Shrugged, listen to all these podcasts, like listen to every single, like, you know, like Guy Swan, right? Like listen to every single, like, you know, (laughs) I wish they would, but they're literally just struggling to make ends meet and a monetary system that is working against them. The cost of food is going up, the labor costs, energy costs, all their materials, supplies, it's all going up. Their energy costs, everything is going up. They don't have a whole lot of time to sit here and dive into like, what is Bitcoin? Yeah. We just need to be like, yo, let me help you. Let me put this orange pill in a hot dog because you're hungry. (laughs) <laughs> you're hungry yeah, yeah, for yeah. something that's going to save you, but you don't have the time to realize why it's going to save you. Let's just wrap this thing up in incentives and rewards and make it cheaper and more cost-effective for you as a business. And, and it's a Trojan horse. We got a Trojan yeah. horse orange pill, people. <laughs> I'm about to say, you just compared a hot dog to a Trojan horse. But that, <laughs> <laughs> that's magic right there. Those are magical words. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Michael, is there anything we missed here before we sign off or anything you want to plug in? Or I think, nah? we're, I think we're good, man. I, uh, I really appreciate you having me on. I love just shooting the shit, talking about Bitcoin circular economies and, and everything else. I feel like we yeah, got man. some things off my chest today too, man. Like I told my story about as a nurse, like we got into it. This was great. Yeah, no, I love it, man. I appreciate your time. Uh, and let's not make this the last time, man. Let's make this a, a reoccurring thing here where you, you come on, friend of the show for sure. Uh, please let the listeners know where they can follow you, where they can follow, get Oshi or follow Oshi, wherever it is you want to point them. Yeah, absolutely. So on Twitter, I'm uh, at Duta. It's my last name, at D-O-O-O-W-T-A. You can check out uh, Oshi app on Twitter as well. And um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's really it. You know, download the app, check it out. I would love some feedback. Like I said, we're a tiny team. Hit me with the feedback. <laughs> Tell me how great yeah. it is. Tell me how shitty it is. Let me know. We'll fix it. F- feedback is great. It makes the product. That's a good thing. That's right. All right, Michael. Thank you. I appreciate you. For the listeners, that wraps up episode 70, a fantastic episode. Per usual, if you got any value out of this conversation, then our favorite way for you to show is that love fountain to uh, podcasting 2.0 apps, but I like fountain breeze, however you want. You could give us a boost. We'll read it here live on the show. Just like Michael said, you could tell, tell us through a boost if the show was absolute crap. We'll try to fix it. You could tell us if it's great. Either way, we appreciate the love. Uh, Bitcoin TV is where you can get this awesome 4K content. And if you do want to follow us on the legacy outlets, YouTube, Spotify, all that, then you could just do the good old fashioned share, subscribe and rate. And that'll help us go a very long way to get this Bitcoin orange pulling information out to the masses and we can spread the word. We appreciate you guys as always. Michael, appreciate you. Good, sir. Thank you. That wraps up episode 70. Later, y'all.